Hi there, let's talk sports fans. Thanks for tuning in to uh, Sports Roundtable. I'm joined by my co-host, Jim, from Last Word on Hockey. Thanks for joining me tonight, Jim. Hey, Dan, thanks for having me. Thanks for doing this. Uh, always fun to talk sports. I know we like to talk hockey on Monday, but it's always fun talking sports uh, during the rest of the week as well. Uh, yeah, um, definitely. I mean, um, thanks to anyone that's joining us on um, Thursday night. It will also air on Friday morning. So um, we thank you for watching whatever time slot you're watching. Um, a busy um, week of sports. Um, so the New York Giants, a team I know close to your heart, and... <laughs> Um, we talked about their situation last week. Seems like they're making um, moves and they're doing things the right way, in my opinion. It seems like they're concentrating on the GM search. And although nothing's official, um, I believe they're down to two names, but it seems like the 49ers assistant GM, Adam Peters, is um, looking like the front runner, and I know a little bit about him just because with the Jets taking on a lot of the 49 stuff, I did a deep dive, and um, it seems like he's well regarded around the league. And certainly, some there's never any guarantees, but someone what's big things is expected and is on the climb. Um, to be honest with you, I kind of like this hire for the Giants as long as they empower him and give him what he needs to do the job as with any hire. But this would be a sound move, in my opinion, because um, I think it fits what they like to do, how the 49ers draft is build it from the trenches. And I think, A, that's what they need to do. And it's getting back to basics, as we said last week. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have a problem with the hire. I mean, I think they really needed to look outside the organization to get a general manager. You just can't promote Chris Mara to that position or else you're just throwing, you know, you're just throwing the season away and throwing another year away. But you can't do that. You have to really move on from everything that, the, you know, from the past, from, you know, Jerry Reese, who was fired. Now you got to move on from Dave Gettleman, who ruined another team and set them back. Um, but hopefully the Giants can come back a little bit stronger. You know, it's funny if you if you get the 49ers assistant general manager, I like what he brings to the table. You know, 49ers have been a consistent team there. You know, Lynch has done a good job as well. And they're putting a strong team together. I mean, look, they're back, they're back in the divisional round against Green Bay. They've been in uh, multiple Super Bowls now. And you know what? I like what this team is doing. I like what San Fran's doing. So if you bring that mindset over into New York, it's going to work because it's going to, you know, the fans may not like to draft picks, but they need to start build. It's not the sexy picks, but you have to build it within the trenches, especially if you're going to, you know, want to protect your quarterback or you're going to look to a quarterback for the future because you're going to need protection there. I mean, look at Cincinnati. I mean, look what they're doing. You know, they drafted Joe Burrow. He got killed his first year. I mean, he got hurt, everything. What they do, they go out and protect him. That's what you need to do if you believe Daniel Jones is your, is your starting quarterback, which I don't believe it is. I don't believe he is. I think they're going to find somebody else to bring in competition. But obviously, do the right thing. 
go for the GM spot first and then the coach will follow because you need to hire the right general manager or else you're not going to get the right coach and the Giants need to do that. Yeah, Andre, and the flip side is if they do go down this route, I've no idea who he'll hire because there's no, as we all know, with the NFL, it's all about connections, but I don't think anyone in the 49ers organisations probably ready for head coach and role. So it'd be interesting um, who they go for. Um, a hot name at the moment, and if it's not Brian Flores, um, everyone seems very high on the Colts' uh, defensive coordinator. He's someone what I could see him maybe going for because it maybe fits what they want to do, just a solid name. Um, it'll be interesting because I think the coaching hire is so important, and after the Joe Judge um, heart, they need to bring someone with oozes leadership. Um, it's not important necessarily to be this great offensive mind, but he just needs to be a leader of men, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree too. And not to mention, you got to know how to handle the media. And don't forget, I mean, Adam Peters is, you know, he's he's had a second interview along with Kansas City. Uh, Ryan Poles, the director of player personnel, and then Joe Sean of, Buff of Buffalo as well had second interviews. So it seems like those are the three guys they're leaning towards um, since all three of them had second interviews. I mean, I could see, you know, if, the, if they get Poles from Kansas City, maybe they bring somebody from Kansas City. But they need to get a coach that not only, not only commands the locker room, but commands the media. And it's not going to be like, you know, answering questions like Joe Judge did. I mean... He handled the media so poorly, um, you know, just and towards the end, it was just getting comical half the time, not making dumb comments, leave stuff in the room, leave it out all on, on the field, you know, have the practices, hard practices, have good practice. Don't get in fights with your offensive line coach and then fire him. It wasn't the offensive line's fault this team was bad. It was the leadership of Joe Judge and and his staff that just was not good for this team. I don't I didn't like the hire. I never did like the hire. I understand it's Belichick, but he it just didn't work out in New York. And this team wasn't the right fit for him. And I don't know. I think he's more suited for a, a coordinator position and stuff like that. But I agree. The coach has to be the right. It has to be the right fit. I'm okay with, you know, Colts defensive coordinator. I don't really have a problem with that pick. I think Brian Flores is the hot name out there. If they can get the general manager position solved real quick, I know the rumors are Hallbard or to the Raiders, but I think they could make a strong push to get him out of Michigan. Yeah, Andre. Um, and if it's the Bills, uh, front office executive, both their coordinators are being linked, and I, uh, could you could buy me with both of them. I, I know it's um not technically. New York, but um, they used to the media somewhat, and um, it wouldn't be a stretch to get them to move. So uh, they're two hot names at the moment because, as I said on my Sunday show, I can assure you, I think they both will get hired this year because after beating Belichick in the way they did last week, um, 
it's very much um, a recency bias. So whereas I thought probably only one of them would get hired before last weekend because um, how well prepared the Bills were, I expect them both to get hired. So if they go down that route of the Bills front office guy, then I could see him bringing one of them with him. So it will be interesting. Oh, no doubt. I mean, the Giants are always an interesting team, especially, you know, this time of year, especially when they have changes in the front office. It seems like they're going through changes every now and like every year now since they let go of Tom Coughlin. I think it's like four coaches in five years or something like that since Coughlin left. They Once they get the coach, once they get the general manager, they have to put in the right draft system they have to draft smart not always the best player but the best player at that position they need so much work they need to bring in competition for daniel jones daniel jones is not the quarterback for this team and when you got peyton manning and the rock taking shots at joe judge about quarterback sneaks on monday night football that's all you need to know about how joe judge handled his time in new york it was funny eli had no comment but it's sad and true. You don't do quarterback sneaks in your own, uh, in your own zone or in your own, you know, side of the field. You do them when you're trying to score and trying to put the game away. That's all you need to know yeah. about the Georgia era in New York. I agree. And um, as we move on, you won't, as I said last week, you won't convince me with those two first round picks that they shouldn't both be O line. This year is the year to do it, both based on need. And this is going to be a great year for both sides of in the trenches. So I'm sure that's something we'll talk about as um, we get further into the off-season. Um, so we won't delve too deep in it because we'll the big segment on our um, Let's Talk Packs uh, show on Monday night, but the Hot news around the league um, this week has probably been the Canadians have hired Kent Hughes as their new general manager. Um, what's your thoughts um, on this at first thought? Well, I mean, I was a little shocked to see Kent Hughes be hired. I thought maybe it'd be Daniel Briere, who was in the Flyers organization, but I think the Flyers have big plans for him later on. So I guess they didn't want to lose him. I guess, you know, from talking to people and reading up on it, I guess this was Kent Hughes' job to lose. If he wanted it, he was going to take it. He spoke very good French uh, in his opening statement. He handled the, the, the press really well. I mean, he's a player agent. He knows how to handle this stuff. Um, he's well-liked. Well so I like the move right here. Interesting, but it's going to be good because he's a hockey mind, and that's what you need. And you need somebody who's been in the business world that's not only a hockey mind that knows how to balance, um, you know, how to use a salary cap. I mean, look look at Julian Breezeball and what he's doing in Tampa Bay. If they can get somebody like that in Montreal, it's going to be good, especially for a team that's going to be rebuilding. I mean, look, they, they have a lot of question marks. You know, you have a, got, a lot of guys with contracts that could be moved. They, he definitely said that changes were coming with this organization. You know, they, they have five unrestricted free agents that could move at the deadline. The biggest name is uh, Ben Chirot, obviously, but they have Cedric Paquette, Brent Kulak, a bunch of other guys, not to mention, you know, our Terry Lincoln could move. And then, you know, because they need defense because Shea Weber is probably never going to play again. 
Do they move a guy like Carey Price? Obviously, everybody wants Carey to be healthy before and get back on the ice and let him so he can handle whatever he's handling. But is that a guy that they try to move and eat the contract because, you know, they could get a nice return for him? So the Canadians have some work to do, but they have a good hire. They have a good system. And you know my feelings on Jeff Gordon and what he's done with the New York Rangers before he was um, fired and let go. But he's in a good situation in Montreal, and he's got a good person in Ken Hughes. Yeah, um, I'm going to be honest. I took a deep dive into his background and that, but it seems like the fan base are certainly 50-50, um, very divisive um, in groups and any sort of social media. So I'm intrigued to look deeper into him. And as I say, we'll preview that in a um, show on Monday. Um I mean, before, so, before we move on, I just say uh, if the people that aren't happy with the hire, when the Canadians start winning again, they'll be happy with the hire. Yeah, I agree. And the reality is he's appointed now. When someone's appointed to our teams, I like to see what they're made of before making a decision. Um, just based on what I've seen, um without delving too deep he just seemed well regarded so um this could work out the reality is wrong way is up and um we will see how he works out um one topic of discussion for baseball fans at the moment is the cba haven't expired and there's um negotiations and let's be honest Neither side are particularly in that much of a hurry to get a deal done, which um, ties in with what I was told months ago, um, that neither side want to do a deal too soon. And um, certainly from a player's union point of view, they feel like they got their pants pulled down uh, last time and was going to be very... Are hard to deal with. The reality is, with the COVID situation around the world, public opinion is not going to go work. So I think these negotiations is going to drag on. And um, on the back of when there was, they struggled to get an agreement when the COVID affected season is. There's people, janitors or like people that work in stores losing their job, and essentially you've got millionaires and billionaires fighting over um and i know that sounds harsh but it's the reality they need to get a deal done because uh the season may not be affected but it could be but if spring uh, training is affected then it does affect the season because there's going to be a knock-on effect there's a reason why we have spring training so if that's affected you, the last thing you want after these negotiations and losing public opinion is for your star pitcher to be out for the season because there wasn't a proper ramp up. So they need to be careful because people are already getting quite angry from what I've seen. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, it's a typical story with baseball, right? I mean, they can't yeah. negotiate on anything. I mean, they never can come to agreement. Look, this is going to, I've seen this in hockey. I've seen this in NFL, seen them in all the sports. 
it's when they need to when it comes to crunch time that's when they're going to get a deal done it's not going to be right now these guys have time it's only what january 20th when spring training like end of february starts they got time they have time to make a deal if if they want to make a deal um look baseball negotiations have always been not the greatest even when don fear was there i think you know he put a lot of power on the players union now and you know what they weren't happy with what the deals that were struck you know the last couple of times that they did things especially going in that COVID season personally would i be offended if the season started on may 1st no because it's still cold in april and you still see so many injuries after spring training especially in these cold weather cities personally i would think if anything you, you can start the season in may Maybe start eventually. Maybe they got to start about thinking about starting a season down in Florida and just playing in these spring training venues because maybe you'll see less injuries because you see it all the time. It's cold. The guys are going out there, torn like pulled hamstrings, arms, everything. It just happens in this cold weather when you're starting in April. Um, but that's the cold weather cities. So look, I think they'll eventually get a deal done, but the public opinion is not going to be favorable. It never is in any of the situations. The baseball, baseball is a regional sport as it is. Um, and nationally, it plays well if there are big teams in there in the World Series. That's how the number goes up. But look, right now, with the NFL playoffs going around, baseball doesn't need to really do anything because it's just taking a backseat anyway. Even though it's on the front page of the sports section or on the internet, everybody's talking about the NFL right now, and that's what MLB likes. Once the Super Bowl passes, that's when you're going to see more hardline negotiations. Yeah, I agree. And the reality is with these negotiations, and something baseball's never really got is optics matter. And... um. It really does affect public opinion. Baseball has never really got that you need to play to your fan base. Um, so um, it'll be interesting how the public views the sport going forward. Um, and we will see one topic of discussion I wanted to talk to you about. Also, the New York Knicks ain't quite had the season. Everybody out, especially the last two games. Just when you think the team's getting the act together a little bit, there's no cohesion. If I put you on the spot, do you view them as a playoff team or not? At this point, I think they might struggle to get in the playing round. Um, and to be honest, the next few weeks is going to be important because they may have to switch to playing the youngsters and maybe being sellers at the trade deadline because there's just something off with this team. It's going to be interesting. I mean, to answer the question, I don't think they're a playoff team right now. They're kind of a, one of the biggest disappointments in the league right now, considering what they did last year. Everybody thought they were going to build off what they did last year, and they should have. They got off to a good start, and then everything just backfired. Like everything's just going wrong for this team. But like you said, when you think they have this thing figured out, they lose two games. They're in for a tough another one today. They had another tough game coming up. I mean, the East is so loaded right now. If the Knicks can string together some wins and not have turmoil, 
inside the locker room, on the court with players and the coaches and stuff, they'll be okay. But, I mean, you want to be – like we saw last year, you know, the Knicks in the playoffs is a good thing for basketball. Then You need New York to be successful. Yeah, they're, they're struggling right now. If they can turn it around – Maybe the youngsters are the answer. Maybe that is. Maybe that's the key to this whole thing. Maybe you get the youngsters playing under Thibodeau the way he wants them to play. You never know. But as of right now, I don't think they're a playoff team. Yeah, um, I'd rate to be honest with you. What I think they should do if this isn't sorted in two weeks' time, they've got to play Grimes more, Ardidi McBride as well, and uh, just see what. The youngsters have got, I do think they've got some tough decisions because there's a log jam in some of these positions. I think there is another move to come, but um, is there a point in making that move if they're not going to be replaced? The problem is they needed to have continued success because to, to get that star they and this fan base want, they've got to really make the playoffs so they can say, look, we're building something, or otherwise everyone's going to say, yeah, you made playoffs, but it was a COVID-affected season and it was a fluke, and that's already started to be a narrative. I don't really... I was surprised. I um uh, watching the other night's game against Minnesota. They were up 12... Um, in the fourth quarter and being 3.30 a.m. over here, UK time, I went to bed and then I got up and they lost and I thought, what the hell happened? Yeah, and then exactly. You, it, it was confusing. And when you see the statistics, miss free throw, miss free point, uh, there's just no excuse for that. And then I heard stories of, as was happening, arguing with refs about fouls. If you're going to miss the free throw, what's the point in arguing with the ref about free throws? That, that's got to change. Well, one one of their biggest strengths last year was they learned from the season before we've got to make our free throws and they're just not doing it. And that this sounds like an extreme, but that could cost you 25 points a game. So um, something's got to change. They've got to get back to basics and get their act together. So um, we will see. Um, lastly, I know you wanted to discuss um, tennis, Jim. Yeah, no, I'm down in Australia. Um, obviously, last week we talked on the show about Novak Djokovic and the whole situation with the, uh, you know, with the COVID and, and his visa and everything. So the Australian government got it right. Um, they deported him. Uh, he could potentially face a lifetime ban of three years. So, obviously, a lot of the stuff came out about him traveling to Spain, falsifying records, all that stuff. So, finally, get to move on from that. And we have um, good action down on in the Australian Open last night. A uh, good match between Daniil Medvedev, the favorite right now, uh, to win the tournament against Nick Kyrgios. There's a good four-setter. Uh, Taylor Fritz, the Americans against Francis Tiafo. That was a great match. A lot of good matches out there. The Brit, Andy Murray, or the Scott, as he, as he is, he fell in the second round. I thought he was going to win, but, you know, his body is just, you know, the wear and tear on the body and the ways, just ways come back and the, his playing style. 
you know, I think that's what, you know, he had a tough first set, a first round match with Bavish Feely, went the distance. At his age, I don't know how much more he has left, but it's good to see him back out on the court. And then Rafa Nadal, I mean, he continues to cruise. I think, you know, he could be a sneaky good pick to win this thing. But to me right now, I think the two favorites are Zverev and uh, Daniil Medvedev. And to, touch, and to touch on the Knicks point for a second, they're only a couple games back of the Raptors. I mean, if you can sneak in a 10, a 10 seed and get in the playing round, you never know what's going to happen. But like you said, free throws are the key to everything. And we've seen it, especially in college and in the NBA, if you don't hit your free throws, you're not going to win games, especially late. Yeah, um, I agree. And it will be interesting. I know fans are dreaming of a point guard coming in, but to be yeah. honest with you, who's going to want these players? You've got to move someone out to move someone in. Bronson's a popular name at the moment of Dallas, uh, and there's so many connections there with his dad represented with Knicks. Um, he's coached under Tibbs, uh, both him and his dad was represented by Leon Rose. So he's someone what I could see happening. But what's the point making a move if you're not going to be in playoffs? So it's going to be interesting. Um, and um, with the tennis, I agree with you. Right decision with Novak Djokovic. Um, it's going to be interesting because he wants his place in history. But I don't think he's going to get in France. I think... As crazy as it sounds, France are going to take a tougher stance than what Australia did. And there is already pressure on Wimbledon to follow suit. So it's, the reality is, if he wants his place in history, he may have to get vaccinated. And I don't bl blame some of these countries for taking a tougher stance. And I'm not saying people should get vaccinated if they don't want to but the reality is you have to make a choice and uh with any choice whether you go for it or decide not to there's sometimes sacrifices so it's going to be interesting when some if somebody's torments um follow suit if he sort of makes a concession i don't think he will but that may be his place in history gone so to speak yeah absolutely and as i said before He's tied with Nadal and Federer for 20. Well, Nadal's still playing. And Nadal said it best. He's like, the, the Australian Open is going to happen with or without him, and it's still going to be a great event. And it's still, so far, it's been a great event. And like you said, originally Paris was like, oh, yeah, we'll let you come in. Now they're like, ah, you know what? You know, we're, we're going to say, you know, you, you got to get vaccinated to come here. And I think Wimbledon will do the same thing. You know, here he may have a chance to do it in the U.S. We'll see what happens. It all depends on everything, but I know for sure he won't be able to play in the Rogers Cup in Canada because of their rule of you need to be double vaxxed to get into the country. So that 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 tournament's already out. That Masters 1000 event's going to be out the door. So it's going to be interesting to see where he plays. You know, like we said in the NHL and a lot of these other sports, especially the NHL, has forced the hands of their players to get vaccinated because of the Canadian border. And it's not like it was mandatory, but they basically didn't put the protocols in place like they did last year and basically, you know, forced you to do it. And I think this with these tournaments and the ATP is going to do to Djokovic. If he wants to play, he's going to have to get vaccinated at some point because at, each country is different. 
but at what point it's going to be like, all right, well, I can't play anywhere, so what am I going to do? Yeah, I agree. I mean, the reality is France has just took the um, decision for the Champions League soccer teams what come into their country and their players ain't vaccinated, they're going to be banned. And um, soccer earns so much more money than tennis. So if they won't make that concession, they're not going to for tennis. And uh, to be honest with you, I think Wimbledon will follow suit. We've got a situation in this country where we're sacking nurses and doctors because they're not vaccinated. So they're not going to make an exception for a tennis player. It's just too political a decision. They won't stray on this. So it's going to be interesting. He may have to make a decision. And I think we'll talk about this again because this is bound to be a talking point because I think both sides will dig the hills in as we've seen the last few weeks. I agree. And uh, like the biggest thing, we talk about it with baseball early, you can tie it in here. Public opinion is going to matter. Optics are going to matter. And optics mattered in this situation down in Australia, and it's going to be an issue everywhere else he goes. So, yeah. again, he's always been a polarizing player. Why not add more be more polarizing now with this situation. You know, like I said, the favorite that like the focus has been on the court and it's been really good action. Some upsets early on. I, I'm loving Medvedev. I had him as the favorite going into the tournament, even though Djokovic was there because he had lost last year and he had won a major in the U S open. He's looked so good. Zverev serve is on. He could be a good, I think Rafa's a threat. Don't for, don't count out the Russian Rublev on the men's side. The women's side is wide open. I, I don't really have a favorite with Muguruza going down. Maybe Barty can finally win the home slam. But it's going to be – it's fun tennis to watch. It's late night or early morning here in the U.S. when you when you put it on. But when you do watch it, it's really good. And I'm liking what I'm seeing so far on the court. Yeah, Audrey, um, shout out – to the co-host of my jet show, Jack. He's apparently made $300 uh, through sports books um, on the Australian Open. So I know nice. he's enjoying it. So shout out to him. Um, also, shout out to um, Matty Daddy Percent's uh, uh, YouTube channel, what has uh, commented. So we thank you for your support. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for the support. And, you know, Big ups to you making some cash down under with the Australian Open. Tennis is a tough sport to bet, but glad you're making some cash. Yeah, I agree. Um, so before we close the show out, I know you've got your show on Saturday. I just want to ask everyone to check out Last Word on Hockey. Uh, it airs every Saturday. Um have you got anything special planned this week with the guys, Jim? Yeah, we're probably going to talk about the Canadians this week. Um, obviously, the hire, what it means, what you know, what the future is for the team, what moves they can make. We're going to talk about Willie O'Ree night on Monday or when he had his jersey retired the other night. Uh, great player, great human being, great ambassador for the game. Obviously, we're going to talk Rangers in Toronto, the issues there, what's going on with them. And we'll see what else comes about. Probably get into some trade rumors, 
see what we can, you know, see what other teams we can dive into, see what other things happen right now. Uh, but that's what we got planned in store mid-afternoon on Saturday. Yeah. Um, and everyone, please do check it out. Jim will share the link in with this Talk Sports group page. And um, we'll be back on Monday talking uh, hockey with Let's Talk Pucks. And all what remains is for me to thank you for joining me today, Jim. Hey, thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure talking sports, talking hockey, whatever it is out there, tennis. Doesn't matter to me. I'm a man of knowledge, and I love joining you every week. Yeah, uh, thanks for that, Jim. Thanks to everyone for checking us out. And until next week, let's talk sport, fans.